When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm sharing with you my kind of updated version of my mental health toolkit. Now I have been using this term toolkit when it comes to mental health for a couple of years now. I don't even know where I kind of first heard the terminology. Absolutely certain I didn't invent it, but I love it because I think when it comes to mental health, nowadays there is so much more awareness and attention on just how incredibly important mental health is when it comes to every single human being. You know, years and years ago, it wasn't a thing. Like physical health was kind of the only aspect that was focused on and spoken about. Whereas nowadays, there are so many more resources and conversations. And so the term toolkit stuck with me because as someone who has definitely had ups and downs with mental health over the years and as someone who has like a genetic predisposition with anxiety and depression and all of those things, I have to be very proactive in looking after my mental health and wellness because if I don't, like if I don't rely on my toolkit, things can spiral quickly for me and unnecessarily because I do know some of the things that really help. And that's one of the hardest things with mental health sometimes is you can know, like you can have the knowledge of what you should do and what will help you, but it's really hard to pull the trigger. And so if you're in the space, oh gosh, pulling the trigger is a terrible like I just heard myself say that. That's a terrible thing to say in this episode. But what I mean is take the action you know? And so if you are in that place of feeling really dark and feeling really low and like you just can't do the things you need to do to improve your mental health, you may need more than just building out your own toolkit um, and more than just listening to a podcast episode. And I talk about therapy in this episode and also medication as well. But perhaps if you are feeling really low and like your mental health is spirally and there's no bottom to it, I would absolutely suggest reaching out to an expert, to a doctor, to someone that you trust, to a loved one and just letting them know what's going on for you. There is no shame at all about putting your hand up and saying that you're struggling and you're having a hard time. Um, And I think that's one of the best things about this day and age, you know, there is so much less shame and stigma attached to these sorts of things. So 
if you're struggling, please also go to the show notes because I've got some resources and some links in there. But I do think one of the first places to start with is with your GP. I really do believe that and getting in and getting a mental health toolkit plan, sorry, not toolkit, but getting a mental health plan um, and some, some support. And if you go to your GP and it's not a great experience, go to another one, try again. So when I say my mental health toolkit, what I mean by that is it is a collection of strategies, systems, um, sometimes people, habits, things that I rely upon frequently to help make me feel steady and stable. So I'm going to share with you 15 things that are important to me and that I hold close to me and keep in my toolkit. And maybe they'll be helpful for you. Just a reminder, of course, I'm absolutely not a doctor, nor am I a therapist. I'm just sharing with you what works for me. And maybe it will encourage you to really think about the things that you have in your own mental health toolkit. And you do not need to be struggling to have a mental health toolkit. Yes, I've just said that I have experienced those things in the past, but these are the things that I do as like maintenance. You know, you don't actually want to get to rock bottom or even like, you don't want to feel low to have to activate these things. You know, a prevention is always better than a cure. So I'm going to share these things with you. Number one in my toolkit lately is the importance of listening to other people's stories. And that's people in real life, but it's also people beyond my actual physical realm in terms of listening to interviews, reading books, podcasts, audiobooks, all of those things. Really listening to other people's stories helps me with my mental health because when you're really focused on your mental health and focused on yourself, you can start kind of pathologizing what's going on, you know, and I can remember having a bit of a breakthrough in my early twenties when I had such a bad eating disorder, like so bad and realizing like I had nothing else going on, going on in my life that I could focus on. Like I was so focused on myself. Um, and that's definitely just like a teeny tiny portion of that, that area of my life. But I just remember thinking like, oh, I've not looked up, like I'm not looking up and I'm not looking around and I'm not engaging in what's going on for other people. And so I love hearing other people's stories, adversity that they have overcome, their philosophies, their perspectives on things. I really, really enjoy that. Number two, supplementation and medication. Again, not a doctor. You may need medication to help you get through certain things in life and there should be no shame with that. Supplementation, I also wrote down and whilst diet is a big one, which I'll talk about, but supplementation can actually impact your mental health. And what I mean by that is I have now had two iron infusions, life-changing, life-changing. Before my last iron infusion, I was saying to my doctor, I have moments where I just sit and stare at a wall. Like I'm that fatigued that I just, I feel like no one's home. You know, that expression, like the lights are on and no one's home. An iron infusion has made a massive, massive difference to me. So that's why I wanted to write that down. And I also have been taking vitamin D supplements as well, which I was really surprised when I found out via a blood test that I was low in vitamin D because I'm out and about in the sun all the time. But sometimes I guess you're just not absorbing it. 
So you might want to, as part of your mental health toolkit, think about are there any deficiencies in your diet that you might need to address? Which brings me to diet. As part of like looking after myself, making sure that I am eating enough and that I am getting adequate amounts of food and I don't measure it, I'm not specific, but just generally knowing that I have a pretty good balance of good fats, making sure that I'm getting protein in, making sure that I'm getting carbs in. All of those things are so important um, because if you're not doing like the basic things, If you're not looking after your macronutrients and your micronutrients, you know, don't even worry about the higher level stuff when it comes to meditation or anything. Like you're just going to be pushing shit uphill for lack of a better expression, which I know is such a bad expression. That one comes straight out of my father's mouth, but he's got another one, which is pissing in the wind. Terrible, but it does the job, right? It makes you think like, oh yeah, why am I making it harder for myself? If you aren't feeding your brain and you're not feeding your body, and trust me, I have learned this countless times, you're fighting a losing battle. That is essential. And that might mean that you need to check in with a nutritionist and get some guidance there. And maybe you will see a massive difference in the way that your your cognitive functioning just by getting some more healthy fats into your diet. It can be that simple sometimes. So that's why it's a big one for me. Number four, no surprises here. You guys know it, exercise. Exercise is like actually my number one. These are not in orders, in order, but it's one of my, it's just such a top one for me. I have to move. If I don't move, I am like riddled with anxiety and it's not anxiety in terms of anxious about not exercising. It's more just like a feeling in my system. Exercising not only helps me manage any anxiety that's coming up, it also gives me just like feel good, like endorphins and it gives me the dopamine hit of a tough workout. And I think beyond, like beyond the actual stuff like that, mentally doing a tough workout for me is like building evidence of my ability. You know, and I've said this countless times. To build confidence, we have to build evidence. To build evidence, you have to take action. And so a workout for me is like the perfect action that I can take that gets me out of like feeling as though I'm freezing because that can be one of my stress responses is to freeze. So exercise for me, really sweating makes such a big difference. So have a little think about what sort of exercise might work for you. For me, I love that intensity of a hard workout, but maybe you have enough adrenaline coursing through your system and you need something more relaxing. Um, and I think if we reframe how we, how we think about exercise, you know, I think sometimes people think of it as like a real punish, but it's actually a really wonderful thing if you have the ability to do it and to find something you enjoy with music you enjoy or a podcast or whatever you might be surprised. And I remember listening to a Huberman podcast episode where Andrew was speaking about how walking, like just walking actually improves our problem solving and it improves how we think and feel about any problems that are in our life. So just taking a walk can really make a difference. 
Number five, therapy and therapists in general. So therapy is a huge one for me, but I absolutely understand therapy is a privilege. Not everyone can afford the time and the resources, but therapists in general is what I wanted to speak about. So yes, amazing if you can go and find someone who you connect with, but in general, there are so many amazing voices that you can learn from and benefit from even without walking into their office, even without them ever knowing that you exist. There are so many TED Talks, podcasts, interviews, books. Like There are people out there that want to help you despite never having met you. So that's why they are a big one in my toolkit. You know, if I'm struggling with boundaries, I'll listen to Dr. Romani speak about boundaries and all of a sudden I feel so much better. And she doesn't know I exist, but it's helpful. So don't let the fact that maybe you don't have the time or the money to get in the chair with a therapist turn you off enjoying the benefits of a therapist. You know, you can access them. You're accessing a podcast right now. If you can listen to me dribble on, you can absolutely listen to someone who is more qualified than me um, to do so, which brings me to number six, relationships around me. I've put this in my mental health toolkit because you've got to be aware of the people that are around you in real life and how you feel around them. And maybe what sort of things you feel you have to do or concede upon to have these people in your life. Are they adding or are they taking away from you? And what, like, what is it costing you? Which sounds terribly transactional, but what is the relationship cost of having certain people in your life? Are they bringing more value or are they taking away from you? And this includes parasocial relationships. Parasocial relationships are the relationships that you have with people that you don't know. So online, influencers that you feel connected to, but they wouldn't know you if they saw you in the street. That's a parasocial relationship. And it can be really positive. It can bring you so much joy, just as I said about therapists. But you have to be mindful of your parasocial relationships. And just like real relationships, do a bit of an edit are they good for you? Do you need to diversify your feed? Do you need to remove people from your feed? Because whilst you don't personally have a problem, like they've never done anything to you, it's just not good for your mental health to be seeing their stuff. And that's not about them. That's about you and you taking responsibility for how you manage those parasocial relationships. And that's something I do. That's why it's in my mental toolkit. You know, it's part of looking after myself. If I see something that's a bit triggering for me for whatever reason, hide, mute, unfollow. You got to do that sometimes. Next up, affection is so important to me. I honestly feel like if I didn't have affection in my life in one way or another, and I'm fortunate because I've got the boys, so I've got so much affection there. But like affection and physical touch is so important to me. I feel like it like grounds me. Like it makes me like, oh, like slow down and catch my breath kind of feeling anchored or tethered. Affection is a big one for me. And that's in my toolkit because it really does have a physiological response 
on most, I think I'm pretty sure on all humans, you know, there are all those stats that I'm sure we're across, which I'm not even going to look up. You can Google them if you want about how like a three second hug actually changes your physiology. So affection with friends, like when I see them and it's all COVID safe and whatnot, to have like that big hug, to really enjoy hugging my kids, to know that affection, if I'm in a romantic partnership is super important to me. And if someone's not like affectionate, that's okay, but it's really important to me. So it might not be a fit. The next um, tool in my toolkit, which no surprises here is journaling. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Like, just journaling is so um, underrated in terms of what it gives to someone. I feel like sometimes journaling kind of gets lumped in like the, oh, cool, like you're woke awesome, good for you, you journal, how woke, how woke, brilliant, move on. But it's actually such an effective tool at quietening down, turning down all of that figurative and literal noise that's going on in our life and just allowing yourself to connect with whatever is going on for you. And I think the biggest like breakthrough with journaling is to not attach to what comes up. You know, you might feel something in one moment and you're spewing it all out, but that doesn't mean that you're held to that. You know, you can spew something out the next day and you're a moving, you're a moving being and journaling just really can give you so much insight and so much intel into who you are. One of my friends who is a therapist has said many times, like pen and paper is one of the best forms of therapy that you can ever have. Because there's so much to be said for just getting things out of your mind, out of your body and down on paper. So journaling's a big one. Next up, flow state. So flow state refers to when you are engaging in an activity that you enjoy, but there is a certain degree of difficulty or resistance or engagement required from you to keep going with that activity. And that is perhaps one of the most important parts of getting into a flow state is that there is that level of like, oh, I've got to pay attention to what I'm doing, but it's not exhausting. You know, it's not something that afterwards you go like, oh my gosh, I'm absolutely drained from that. It's something that often makes you feel more energized. But because there is that degree of concentration or focus required, it's such a cathartic form of mindfulness because you have to be in whatever it is that you're doing. And flow state kind of just means like a different section of your brain is taking over and activating. And for me, like one of the ways that I can get into my flow state is through a certain type of exercise, which I've spoken about. I find the Tracy Anderson method really gets me into a flow state because during these classes, it's hard. Like it's very challenging, but it's also enjoyable because I love the music and I do love to exercise, but she's not talking, you know, during these classes, she's not saying to you, all right, team, next up, we're doing da, 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 and counting out your repetitions. 
She's just doing the class and you have to pay attention and you have to follow. And so that means working out what the flip she's doing with her left leg and her right leg and how is she doing that and what is like, you have to pay attention. And I love that because having a bit of a monkey mind where I have all of these other tabs opened all of these times, you know, like I'm thinking about the kids, I'm thinking about work, I'm thinking like da 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 But when I'm in that flow state, like I'm just really trying to work out what is going on here in front of me. And that's why after those workouts, while yes, I can be like tired because it's physically tough, I actually feel invigorated because it's been like a brain break for me. So flow state for you could be knitting, it could be crocheting, it could be painting, drawing, like it's those sorts of activities that do require a degree of concentration, but they're not taxing, if that makes sense. Next up, number 10, sleep. No surprises here. Sleep for me goes in the category of like your nutritional needs. There's so much rhetoric out there about all of these vitamins and supplements and things we can take and superfoods and all of that stuff, which are great. Sure, absolutely. But they are the icing on top of the cake. The cake needs to be like your basic pillars. Your basic pillars include sleep and sleep is just so important. It absolutely impacts every single area of your life, including the way you think, the way you process, how you feel emotions, how you overreact or underreact. All of those things are linked to how well you are sleeping. So prioritize getting a good night's sleep, which means maybe having a transition period, um, you know, and just having this in my toolkit and knowing how important it is holds me accountable when I'm tempted to lie in bed on my phone scrolling, which of course sometimes I do. But if I'm feeling like a little wobbly in myself, I know Kylie, like sleep is really important. Get the fuck off your phone. <laughs> that's not adding, like it's not adding, that's taking away from your mental health toolkit. So maybe it's transition periods where you do wind down. Maybe it's investing in linen that gets you excited into getting into bed or a quality mattress. Maybe it's blocking out the room so it's really dark. Whatever it is to actually improve your sleep quality is a great idea. Next up is, of course, and I know it's pithy, like I know it's kind of a bit cringy. It's one of those things like, yeah, we get it. We know. Gratitude, but also cosmic winks. So hear me out. Gratitude is in my mental health toolkit because when you do practice gratitude, you realize how many more things you have to be grateful for and what you already have. And again, back to kind of my first point about listening to other people's stories, gratitude for me helps me sometimes lift my head out of the fog because I can get very like, oh, I've got all this going on and kind of overlook some of the great things that are happening for me, which is human nature. But actually practicing gratitude, like physically thinking each day, what are some of the big things I'm grateful for and what are some of the small things? And truthfully, I'm probably better at the small things. You know, like the small things are actually what gets me. Like maybe it's a unexpected conversation with someone out and about or like maybe it's something really sweet that the boys do. Something small, um, something thoughtful. Those are the things that get me. And Cosmic Winks, um, that term is from Judith Orloff, who I have interviewed. She is an expert in the field of empaths. She's written books. She's brilliant. And Judith spoke about Cosmic Winks as signs from the universe. 
And I just like this, you know, it kind of appeals to my woo-woo side of thinking like, oh, the universe does have your back, like it's always looking out for you. And again, it's lifting your head up out of your own stuff to go, huh, what's going on for me? And I do think like signs from the universe and cosmic winks and all of that really comes back to your own intuition because the meaning is what you make it. It's what you project onto something that could be pure happenstance. But it helps me, like it helps me to stay positive and optimistic, which is part of looking after my mental health. It makes contributions towards it. Next up, speaking of contributions, community and connection is really important. It's really, really important to feel a sense of connectedness to other human beings or also to pets. You know, like pets can provide such a sense of connection and feeling seen and feeling important and feeling special. And community is something that I think a lot of us have lost touch with, you know, back to however many years ago when it was all about the tribe and the village and everyone kind of pitching in of late, it's been much more. And of course, with the pandemic and whatnot, but it's been much more about like your own four walls, but community is important. And that's why I love the Frey Facebook group. I have seen people actually using that group and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like it can be a conduit to connection. And we need that as humans, we need to feel like we are seen and we are ma- we matter and that we are going through a shared experience. And that's one of the big things with self-compassion is recognizing you are a human and you are going through a human experience. And so being involved in a community, whether it's a real one, whether it's online, um, just being mindful of the connections you have around you are really, really important. Next up for me, work. Like work is part of my mental health toolkit because again, if I have something to focus on that makes me feel a sense of fulfillment, a sense of purpose. It's a reason, you know, it really is a big reason for me. It's a driver to like keep bettering myself, to keep learning, to keep growing. So work is certainly part of my mental health toolkit because it does light me up. Like it really, like I love this podcast, (laughs) you know, I really do. I love it. I love this medium. Um, I'm very grateful. Like I'm very, very grateful for the work, for what I get to call work. Um, next up, certainly important laughing. How often do we just forget to laugh and forget to have fun? And we forget to be silly, especially for women, like silly and fun just kind of falls off the totem pole because we have so many other things we have to do and be and caretake and all of that stuff. But laughing is so essential to my mental health. I listen to far more comedy podcasts these days than I ever have before. Like it's a big one for me and even funnier books, you know, reading books that I'm like, oh, that's light and entertaining um, and engaging in light and entertaining conversations. It's just so much more important to me than it ever has been. So that might be helpful for you if you're feeling like, oh, you're forgetting to actually laugh and have a good time. What are the things that you find funny? You know, for some people, it'll be Seinfeld. For me, it's absolutely not. But just check in with yourself and what makes you laugh and what makes you smile. And last but not least, validating how I'm feeling and a good old fashioned cry. Both of those are like essential to me. 
validating how I'm feeling hasn't always come naturally to me. I've always been quite good at suppressing, ignoring, disassociating, suffering, not suffering, um, smothering (laughs) and suffering, but smothering it down because I had still have such an attachment to being good and easy and compliant. And it's something I'm aware of and I'm working on, but yeah, like actually, you know, being the squeaky wheel and saying what's wrong doesn't come naturally to me. So validating how I'm feeling over silencing is a big one, you know, and that's why I have this constant reminder on my phone. It's there all the time. It never goes. It says, how do I feel? What do I need? And it's such a good prompt because it just makes me stop and I go, oh, how do I feel? Like, how do I actually feel right now? And what do I need? Which is often different to what I am doing. (laughs) You know, do I need to be picking up my phone and going on social media? No, probably not. Probably what you need to do is go and journal it out or move your body or just put your hand on your heart and acknowledge that things are hard and crying. You know, crying is just such a good release. I'm all about it. You'll never hear me say to the kids, stop crying or don't cry or anything like that. Get it out. And more than ever, I sometimes just feel like I use different mediums to access my emotion. If I'm kind of going like, oh, I'm self stonewalling here and I'm not being able to access how I'm feeling, which does happen. I will put on a really sad movie and just get it all out. And once it starts and comes out, you just feel so much better afterwards. And there are other mediums as well, like music is a big one for me, a bit of a bonus one. Music makes such a difference to my physiology. So if I am feeling like a little melancholy and like a little like, oh, I'm not feeling so great, I put on this like kind of sad soundtrack, but it's not like sad, depressing, like that kind of thing. It's like that sad, you can find it. I've shared my Spotify link before, but I don't know. It just kind of aligns with how I'm feeling. And it's like a representation of what's going on for me inside that I can actually surround myself with and feel comforted by knowing that, yeah, I feel this way now, but it's going to pass. And again, that's, that falls well and truly under the umbrella of validating, you know, it's okay to feel however you feel. You just don't want to set up your tent and stay there forever. You know, you got to remember that things do pass. So I hope that this episode um, has encouraged you to think about what are the things you do for yourself? What are the tools you can rely upon to really support yourself and look after your mental state and your mental health and wellness? As always, it would mean the world to me if you do let me know what you think of this episode. Hit subscribe on the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, leave a review. Um, And yeah, I just I hope that you're doing well because I know it's not been an easy couple of years for anyone. Really, we've all had our different degrees of challenges. All right. I will talk to you very, very soon.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.